What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle Hey, behaves! Woo! Fired up. Fired Woo! up. Super Bowl week. Boy, the, the content coming out of uh, Atlanta, John, has been incredible. Really. Oh, my makes God. Me, makes Woo! me miss Atlanta. It's... Uh... Kind of an underwhelming Super Bowl matchup just in terms of, yeah, there's just not much going on. And that's part of the Patriots, I guess, too, don't you think? Yeah, and and, um, I think the Rams are actually sneaky pretty low-key. They've been doing a lot of winning here lately. Like, they're not a team that didn't expect to be here, right? Like, they were a Super Bowl pick when the season started. So I just think all those guys in their minds, like, this is the the goal. Like, they're here to win it. I don't think just being at Radio Row – or media day is gravy for those guys. Why well, I also think their quarterback is just couldn't be any less polarizing as a human, a little bit as a player, like how good is Goff? But for the most, like no one really has a hot take. Like Goff just bothers me. You know, it's just he just kind of is what he is. Right, he's likable. <laughs> you know? And uh, their best player on their team, like, can you name me one thing Aaron Donald's ever said? He's an incredible player, but he's not a very outspoken guy. Right. And they, you know, probably the most polarizing guy they have is Adamkin Sue, but who even really gives a shit about him right now? Not that, you know, he's not so a good player, but he's just not like, he's, he's not, not the, even one of their top five names. Yeah. Once upon a time, he was like the league's villain. Right. Yeah. And I he's mean, not I that think right now. Most, really, their most polarizing guy is the coach, which I'm sure we'll get into, but just. But he doesn't give you anything back, right? Well, he's he's polarized. I mean, he's just it's all positive. Polarized There's no wrong negative. Word. I yeah. just mean famous or just yeah. you know needle mover. Well, I saw you know. somebody suggest the other. Well, we'll get to him. Let's get to him because we're actually going to talk about about the Super Bowl, McVeigh, and the Niners and the Raiders, John. But we do want to tell you and welcome to the podcast. Ease E A Z E. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You've seen the uh, you've seen the billboards. Perhaps you've heard the name. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, and fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California, John. And uh, they're a part of the podcast now. Ease dot com. Twenty well, bucks off your your delivery with the promo code Ham. 
Yeah, promo code HAM, really fired up to have ease.com, E-A-Z.com, as always, promo code HAM. Get 20 bucks off. I've become a big vape pen guy uh, with, with the cannabis, and uh, I know Ease is coming to my county, Contra Costa County, because they're not in every county in California next week. They're going to be in every county in California. They're already in, like, where you live. They deliver San Francisco County. Yeah. Uh, you know, counties, Sacramento County, uh, they, they are coming and you have to, and I, we know a lot of our listeners, uh, like to dabble edibles, CBD, and they got it all, you know, you just, you can go to ease.com, check out the menu. And if they're not in your County, they are coming to your County. So yeah. sign up now, ease.com, use our promo code and get 20% off your first delivery $20. and f- 20, $20. Right, 20% off your first order. $20. What am I saying? $20 off any order. $20 off any order. Not your first one. If you already use Ease, that's okay. You can use Ham. You can use the promo code for $20 off. And any delivery over $50, even without the promo code, is free anyway. But the point is you order $100 of stuff, use the promo code, it's going to be $80. Yep. Doesn't doesn't get any better than that. I was looking, John, at the, the number of Ease orders by region in the Bay Area, by neighborhood. Okay, so these are your top five order ordering neighborhoods. Number one is South Beach. Honestly, I've lived here for a long time. I'm not exactly sure. I know what North Beach is. I'm not exactly positive what South Beach is. You had a theory on it. I think it's like where the golf course is, like Olympic Club and everything is over there, that kind of community. I know where Mission Bay is. Yep. (laughs) That's number two. But the one (laughs) that the one that really entertains me is the financial district is number three in the Bay Area. Third most orders from Ease in the Bay Area is the financial district. Now, I don't know about you. I've been to the financial district many times. I don't think it's a big neighborhood there. I think a lot of people work there. So these are high-level professionals, right? Um, and uh, and that's number three. I, I hate Ashbury is number four. And Soma is number five right now, top five neighborhoods in the Bay Area. Yep. We, we pride ourselves on uh, Haberman Middlecoff being ahead of the curve, and we are glad Ease is a uh, part of the program now. What Look you, forward to a long, fun partnership. Now I don't know the. We've talked about this. I don't know the L.A. Real fun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the L.A. neighborhoods all that well. But do you want to get? Do you know? I've got the five in front of me. One of them really entertains me, and I'll need somebody to break this. One Compton. It's not no. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I. I uh, Santa Monica. Simi Valley. San, okay. Santa Monica. Oh, so one? like the uh, Manhattan Beach. Uh, not on there. Venice. Venice is number five. Uh, downtown LA. West LA is number four. Okay, Palmdale. Uh, Playa Vista is number two. And this one, uh, this one, I don't, I don't know anything about this one, and I'm gonna need a breakdown of this. Little Armenia is number three. Did you know Little Armenia existed in? No, my wife's my wife's Armenian. I had no idea that Little Armenia existed in LA. Well, I didn't know that was like a name of a city. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't, a neighborhood. It's like, it's just a, a district. I don't know. I Somebody in LA, break down that information for me because I was not aware of that. Uh, this podcast also brought to you by Sherry's Berries, Middlecoff. Valentine's yep. Day is quickly approaching and Sherry's Berries uh, has got what you need. Just go to berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com, promo code ham, strawberries dipped in chocolate, they are bomb. You can do a double delivery. Get a little ease, and then get some berries, and get on ready for the Super Bowl. That's right. Don't forget, when you go to berries.com, you click the microphone. That's where you put the promo code in. You click the microphone, then you hit the promo code. Ham. That's key. Are you focused? Are you here today? 
I'm locked in, okay. guy. Locked in. Uh, all right. We do have some Niners and Raiders stuff to get to, some Warriors, but um, it's Super Bowl uh, uh, storyline week, John. One of the great Super Bowl storylines every year is who's got the most to gain. And I had to laugh this week. And I didn't, Florio did not write this in, in a way that was suggesting that Brady's legacy is going to suffer. But he still wrote, the story was, if Brady loses the Super Bowl, he jo- joins an exclusive group of quarterbacks or players to lose for Super Bowls, which is uh, you know a group you don't want to be in unless you've been in nine. If you've been in nine, then losing four, it sucks if you're Jim Kelly. Who, who, who's in the group? Uh, I don't even know. I, Jim Kelly's one of them. But isn't Jim Kelly's got to be the only one, right? No, oh, I guess Elway. Elway didn't lose. He lost, lost, lost three. Three. I can. I'll go back and find the story for you. To me, there can't be more. Like just off the top of my yeah, head, yeah, it's a uh, very recency, small list. One guy, like the, the Jim Kelly, was over four. Like I, I, I like t- again. I the, the, not only is there no argument anymore. Like Tom Brady has nothing in common with Joe Montana. The the argument ended. But like whether he wins or loses, he he has nothing on the line uh, to me. Fran Tarkenton, Fran Tarkenton. Uh, so oh, I'm sorry. I have I have the uh, the stat is wrong. I was not four Super Bowls. It was the list of quarterbacks to lose back to back Super Bowls. So it's Elway, okay. Tarkenton, Kelly, and uh, Brady. Only four Hall of Famers. You're saying that Brady would join if he loses this one? Yes, it would be only three guys, only three quarterbacks have ever been to back-to-back Super Bowls and lost them both. Okay, so say the say that list one more time. Fran Tarkenton. Okay, hold on, let me check my files. Hall of Famer, Jim Kelly. Checking the files, Hall of Famer. Elway, Hall of Famer, Brady, greatest quarterback ever. Okay. Uh, being a millennial, I can't even pretend to break down Fran Tarkington. Oh, John, well, let's use like Jim, Russell. Let's Lester. use Jim Kelly. Let's uh, use Jim Kelly Russell as an Wilson. example. Jim Kelly clearly was an unreal player. Like th- those teams, kind of sucks they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they were fucking really good for a period of time that produced how many Hall of Famers? Jim Kelly, Reed, probably not a Hall of Famer, but Andre got in. Bruce Smith, Thurman Tom, like they were producing. Uh, their GM Marv Bill Le- Polian, Marv Levy, Marv Levy, like it was a powerhouse. So, like, does Jim Kelly, like, he's not better than Dan Marino, but he gets looked at a little different than Dan Marino, right? Like, cause yeah, one cause, of Dan Marino's things was he only got there once. Right. I, and if, in some ways, losing one is better than losing four, right? I saw a picture I don't believe today. that, but, but I think it's viewed that way, kind of. No, and I, and I think you just have more team success. I, I saw Mike Irvin was on with Dan Patrick yesterday. And he was like, I was at the store or something the other day. He just like, this guy comes up to me and he's like, uh, this got to be a cool week for you. You know, you, you, you're a guy that won a championship, you know, like getting ready for Super Bowl week, just like a fan in a store. He's like, oh, hold up, hold up. He's like, championship. He's like, bro, I, I'm a member of the S Club. And he's like, well, the guy looks at him. He's like, the S Club. He's like, it's this rings he's like i got rings i didn't win a championship i won championships and and he then he's bring up it on multiple levels call like 
my catches, they led to rings in college. And then the pro, and I started thinking, he kind of has a point. Like, I might be offended too if I was like, you are a champion. No, I'm a champ. I've won championships. <laughs> <laughs> but his point, like, once you, like, I started, like, Michael Irvin's one of the great true winners at the highest level ever. Like, he goes to the Hall of Fame. Like, he dominated in college. They won. Then he goes to the Cowboys, one of the great dynasties ever. Like, Brady, same deal, right? Championships rings but you also lose some like Michael Irvin did lose in 94 to the Niners to get there but you never win one like the Jim Kelly and that kind of group they feel a little different when they're sitting next to like the Jerry Rice's and the Emmett Smith's right there's just kind of a separating factor like watching Dan Marino not to get off on a tangent on this but I remember when we interviewed him when we were at Radio Row and it was like of all the people you interview and see around like that was the guy that Everyone says, most people in his era say he might be the best player of them all. And then I remember before we interviewed him, he showed me the YouTube clip of like the first pass of the game was just like a 105 mile an hour rocket. You're like, Jesus Christ. And then Joe throws and it's like, kind of looks like Alex. But now he's, I'm not comparing Joe to Alex, but you know what I'm saying? His arm's not great. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I just think that like Brady, whether he, like, the, that's a, unique little stat but he's also like one back-to-back before you know he he was the n he was the nfl mvp last year right yeah look i i get i bring it up in part because i agree with what you're saying brady has nothing to lose but anytime you have a chance to win another one and another one right when you just start stacking up what we think are championships that when we think you're just piling on like you got enough that you're already called the greatest but inevitably, there's someone always comes along. One day there will be someone who comes along. I don't know when. Hopefully in our lifetimes. We go, is this guy better than Brady? And the extra one that Tom has when he has six, like that one might come into play again. Or maybe who, I, I'm just saying you don't have nothing to gain, even if you've won a bunch. There's always a little more to gain. Yeah. Well, do you get credit? Like, will we remember in 20 years – when Tom's like 60 and he's been retired for three years and he's still got to wait two to go in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> that he, one of his Super Bowls, especially one of the latter ones, assuming that he only plays a couple more years in all seriousness, that he threw for like 500 yards in that one against the Eagles and was unreal in the one he lost. Like the first one LeBron lost to the Warriors. Remember, didn't he average triple-double? Remember when all those guys got hurt and it was yeah. like, Jesus Christ. It was inefficient, like, John. It was inefficient. Yeah, I mean, Greg Papa, he's he's the best player in the world by a wide margin. Just tip your hat. Like, yeah, I was inefficient. He was playing with Haberman, Middlecoff, and two other guys. <laughs> you know? So, but, like, I'll never forget Buker that. Buker and Townie. I'll, I'll never forget that. What I witnessed of LeBron playing with the randoms. Yeah. You know? Right. But I, right. I think it'll kind of get lost but people as time do forget. goes on. Because you'll it's... just be like, well, LeBron lost seven finals or whatever that number ends up being, right? Mm-hmm. Like Brady, let's say he, let's say he loses, so he's five for nine. <laughs> like J- Joe was four and zero. Oh. He didn't get to the other five. Like he got beat in the first or second round. Like he lost in the playoffs. You know, like he lost a game. You almost get like you circumvent the criticism by losing earlier, right? Yeah. Like Drew Bre- Drew Brees, he's one and zero. Like this. Like, he'd rather be one and one because that would have meant he would have won on Sunday just to get there, even if that meant losing to Brady. Okay, so who gains the most? Is it is it the obvious guy? Well, like... 
Is it Sean McVay? Let's use the two of them, Goff and McVay, because the quarterback always has the most of any player, even if the MVP is another position, right? The quarterback gets remembered. You're a Super Bowl champion, and then the coach. Well, if you look back at Brady's first Super Bowl, it was like we were still in—you graduated college. Well, I guess that 07 season happened, and that's when Brady kind of switched the narrative. But for like six straight years, Brady didn't get that much credit even having three. Not that he didn't get credit, but it was like, you know, he plays on a great defense. He has a great coach. It kind of took him a little bit to shake that, and then he has the 07 season when they go 16-0 and and he's through for 50 touchdowns or whatever, and then it's never he's never looked back. But I don't know if Goff would get that much – like if he wins, he wouldn't be viewed as like a Dilfer or anything, but to me it's like that first Brady where it was like he was good. He was probably better, but he didn't care. He wasn't like a Rodgers, you know, or Tom, what Tom is now, right? Or what even what like Foles did last uh, – Foles was pretty good. What Foles did last year in the play, you know, even though he kind of has had some of those moments – like, to me, McVay's got way more to gain because he already feels like the face of the franchise, doesn't he? You could make the case he's – I mean, he's one of the faces of the NFL. Is he the face of the NFL for coaching? Would you for, put Belichick? Well, for coaching, I think it's still Bill. But I think when you – if we were to say who are the five most important people in 2019 in the NFL, it's, Brady's always a part of it. Um, and I think McVay is in that conversation. Who would you say, like, in, in our lifetime of, like, 20-plus years of watching sports, would you say Phil Jackson, probably the most famous coach, him or Belichick? Phil um, might have had a little, just because the NBA is uh, a little more star power. Yeah, Phil's pretty famous, right? I, I didn't quite hear what your timeline was, but Joe Torre, I think, is a part. Just he was the manager of the Yankees, and they did a lot of winning. Um, I'd say, well, I'm just saying, we were born in 84, so you're like, or 85, you you really start kicking in to watch sports like early 90s, start having memories, right? Yeah. Like I feel like I, I'm, I'm pretty – everything I've watched since like that first Niner Super Bowl that I remember watching, I was right. like 10. Right. So I'd say moving forward from that. So I would put Joe Torre in that conversation. But, yeah, I think Phil is probably the top of that list. Until Bill. And, and, and Bill. And Bill now, yeah. Like I would think... you put Bill on Phil's level of just yes. fame and just – yeah. Yeah. Maybe ahead of him. He's had so many controversies that have made him bigger than just the coach. Yeah. But Phil was like Coach Michael. Right. And then Coach Kobe and Shaq. And then, like, wrote the book. I, I My mom bought me. I have the book sitting right over there. 11 I, have, I have it, too. Uh, probably a pretty good read. I've never – I don't really read. I just have a lot of books. Uh, yeah. I, Sean McVay would be it, – it would be one of the crazier first two years for a young coach in the history of sports, right? Well, I so so this is what I think. It's a couple things at play. A, that. B, face old, of the How league. old was C, Theo when he won the – When the Red Sox broke the, the series? Wasn't he like 30? He was pretty young. Now, it's uh, different. I think he might have been younger. Well, I mean, I, I know he was like, 28 I've, when he took over. Which is crazy thinking about, right? Yeah. So you're right. Maybe it was. He was so born in '73, so, so in '30s. Yeah, he would have been th- 31. God, he was young as yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget how young Theo was, but this is part of the deal. Like, Theo is a Hall of Fame executive now, right? Like, that's what he's. I mean, I don't think there's For- much. 
first ballot, hundred percent votes or no? Well, I don't. Just, oh, yeah. I don't think it works like that with the. <laughs> exactly. I think Mariano changed it. Um, but uh, what? Oh, so so the deal with McVeigh is like now we start thinking big picture. Like how many can you win? Sean McVeigh is never going to be a coordinator again. He's going to be a head coach forever. <laughs> like if he wins a Super Bowl, right? I mean, you think about guys that win Super Bowls. But I also start thinking about quarterbacks. Like here's the I'm going to go through Super Bowl quarterbacks, John. You just tell me Hall of Famer now. Brady Foles. One yes. Oh, for Foles, I tell you, but, you know, he makes another run. Matt yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Not. Matt Ryan. Uh, he wouldn't get my vote, but he might end up in there. Cam Newton, uh, hollow, really good. Bro. Okay, Peyton was there. Russell Wilson, yeah, uh, and uh, Tom Brady, Peyton and Russell, Flacco and Cap, no, no. Eli and Tom, yes, yes. Aaron and Ben, yes, yes. Breeze and Peyton, yes, yes. Ben and Warner, yes, yes. Eli and Tom, yes, yes. Peyton and Rex Grossman, I'm gonna go with a yes and a no. You're on pretty. That one. Are you pretty confident on Eli? I. Yeah, I just. I mean, I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, Hasselbeck and Roethlisberger, yes, no. No, yes. Brady McNabb? Well, see, see to me, guy, that's – McNabb's not going to get in, but let's just use McNabb and Hasselbeck. I think everyone would admit Matt, McNabb is just a better player. But Hasselbeck, like, had a hell of a career, right? Like, in his prime, they were a consistent, really dominant team for, like, a four- or five-year stretch. Is Jared Goff going to have a better career than Hasselbeck? Now the rules have changed, so it's it's hard to do parallels. Yes. Like, who's he closest to in this whole group? Like, is he like a better version of Well, I Eli? don't know. This is where it goes back to what you said about how young he is, right? Tom is the youngest to win the Super Bowl. Then it was Ben. Like, it's still so early. Those guys kept winning. So if Goff wins two more Super Bowls, he's a Hall of Famer. Hell, if he wins one more in this offense, the numbers are going to be there. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's where these early Super Bowls are so huge because it's just like all of a sudden now you've got – the rest of your career to just win one more and now you got two and now you're going to the hall of fame well look at breeze he's a good example kind of i guess it was like halfway through but he was still relatively now he ended up playing just a lot longer he's old but like he won it in 09 think of what he's racked up since then just some other playoffs a bunch of unreal stat seasons like you can just you don't ever have like drew never had to win another super bowl and hell he probably won't but like this year just more icing on the cake right boop 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 you just make the playoffs three more times, you're a fucking made man. Because also the likelihood, if you play well, like the one thing that Eli has really going for him, and this is what McVay and and even Goff would be able to say, I beat Belichick. Right. Like that's the guy I beat. Like that's right. that took Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. You, you didn't beat, you know, Anthony Lynn and Rivers. You beat Bill. Like that, that to me, it's like if you ever beat Phil Jackson – I guess that was kind of the parallel. Takes you to another level of who you beat. Like that that famous, they still show it, the highlight on MLB Network when Luis Gonzalez gets, he beat Mariano Rivera to win the World Series and the Yankees. Like it's, who you beat does kind of matter. Like if you're Philly, if you were ever going to win a Super Bowl, you played exactly who you wanted to play, right? You would have signed up. That's who we wanted. Them. Now, if most people would be like, I'd want to win a Super Bowl no matter what. I, if you were allowed to pick, every team in the league beside the Patriots would pick the Patriots, right? Every team in the AFC would want to beat them in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. And every team in the NFC would want to face them and beat them. Because you just get way more credit, as you should, right? Like next year, if Mahomes and Andy, they, it's a rematch, let's say, AFC Championship. And they beat them. 
it would be way more impactful if they just beat said other team. Like not, it would still be sweet, but you the the credit points you get would just be fucking enormous. Yeah, yeah. And, but to me, McVeigh can just. I mean, he's already borderline pretty damn high up there because he's a second year guy. He's just turned thirty three or thirty four. I think thirty three. He's had his birthday like last week. Uh, low key event. Yeah, just the hype. <laughs> Did you see? Did you read any of the article that he picked up with Peter King at four in the morning? No, no. But man, he wakes up at four in the morning. Wow. Well, that's what time he headed to work. Oh, that's wow. Doesn't everybody get up? Doesn't Peter only ride with people that get up at four in the morning? Yeah, I mean, I, it was like kind of he knew what he was doing. Like, do you know who? Do you know who but doesn't I, sleep? I did not read works it. all the time, and I, you've never read anything about it, and has had. 20 years to tell everyone, Andy Reid. Do, do does anyone know what time? And again, I'm not hating on Sean because he might have just said, like, you want to do this article, meet me at this time, right? This is when I'm going to give you some time. So, but I'm, I'm free on my drive. Yeah. Think about all the like, phone calls you make on long drive. So maybe there's something well, that, to that. Well, that, he says his parents live on the East Coast. So if he's driving to work, you know, 4 to 4.30, he can call them at 7 in the morning. Like, I, I've never read one time what time Belichick or Andy gets up. I know what time Andy, I've seen it. Well, I mean, I haven't because I'm still asleep. But, like, do you think those two wake up early? <laughs> now, like, Pete Carroll would be the one guy who's like, is he getting to work at 8? Probably. <laughs> and he's happier for it. <laughs> yeah. I but I, is Belichick hitting snooze? Probably not. Does, he does wouldn't do that. Go, go off. And I don't blame McVeigh, but it's like, like you said, I mean, it's it's a little cheesy. Like, yeah, fucking every coach works weird hours. Not weird, just like crazy. Yeah. All right, I'm, I I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. By the way, if if he wins a Super Bowl, here's the other part of it. If they win a Super Bowl, now the 49ers are in a division where half of the division has won a Super Bowl. Coaches. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be in his first year. But it's uh, how many active coaches right now have Super Bowl? I mean, Bill. Have Super Bowl wins? John Harbaugh. Yeah, Super Bowl wins. Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, Doug Peterson. Yeah. Uh, List is small. I mean, I, I would say obviously not Coughlin's half of them. Coughlin's not coaching anymore. Not half of them are in the division, but. A lot, like a two. Two yeah, is a lot. There aren't that many. Two's a lot. Two's a lot. Two's a lot. So, this is what I've been saying. Like, the the, the only Kyle McVeigh argument right now is in the Bay Area, and not that that's it's been an argument on Ron, our show, or just Ron a topic. Rivera. No. The what? I started to say Ron Rivera. Yeah, he he got there, but like, if he wins a Super Bowl, I John guess, Gruden. Good call. <laughs> he never crossed my mind. Great call. Uh, th- this conversation guy is just, it's just, I don't know. Not ideal for the Niners. Like, if you're the Niners, you're rooting for the Patriots, right? You don't want to see Sean McVay. So so, does it matter? Or does it help, right? Because then you start playing him, and if you beat him, you get even more credit. See, I, I, I subscribe to that. Like, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, it doesn't change who Sean McVay is. This isn't college football where he wins a championship and now 
the budget goes through the roof and the recruiting goes through the roof and it's just you don't want to be in the same league with that team. That, see, that's true. That shit doesn't matter. So, But I'm with you. It almost like if you're Kyle beating Sean McVay, first of all, all the wins are equal in the NFL, right? It doesn't help you in the rankings, but they aren't. Like some of this is perception. Let's say you got a week where you play those two teams in one month and you beat them both somewhere along the way. If you can get to that point, like that's if you're a coach, I think that guy's already in the league. He already is what he is. He's in your division. He's already a really good coach. The better he is, the better you look. And the better he is, the worse losing to him becomes. So, I mean, I think it helps. Like if you're the Niners and you're there on ring ceremony day or whatever the hell they you don't don't they don't do it like the NBA does it, but they unfurl the banner or whatever. Like that's I don't see how that's bad. Well, it wouldn't be out of the realm possibility like Jimmy Garoppolo Niners against the Rams Thursday night football. Right? Yeah, and it would be a little uncomfortable, right? Because the Niners have been the West Coast's team for a long time, living off an old championship, but Harbaugh kind of brought it back. If and you okay, let's just if you were the NFL, would you be and you were like, okay, you're gonna pick one, would you be more likely to go Niners Rams or Seattle Rams? Seattle. Yeah. Like the Niners aren't even in that conversation, right? They might not even be an option. So, but you know, I mean, I do think you'd be okay with that game. I I don't think Niners Rams is a bad like. I think you could easily push. But that but game. I think that what they healthy. would probably do right is make it like one of the because they're a first place schedule. Like make them play the Bears or the Cowboys, right? But do you want to give them that game on like the championship banner game? I mean, I get well, it's they, not that's the what NBA. they that's what they always do. Yeah, the Thursday true. night game is like get that first game. Yeah. Atlanta, Philly, Kansas City, New England. Like it's a big who sweet. Did De- who did Denver play? They played Cam. They did a rematch. That's right. So you just you just make it a sweet match. They, they, they do come out swinging. Now that Cam's, I guess they made the playoffs that year. Cam, you, you make it a big boy matchup. Because it is the kickoff. See, this is where, like, the second... This you, is where... You would, you would not... The Niners would have no chance, given no, right. what they did this year. Th- this is right? where the second... Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. As we talk it through, you're correct. Um, this is where, like, Pete losing that second Super Bowl comes back into play, right? Because all of a sudden, all this, this great career Pete Carroll's had, and him and Sean McVay had the same number of Super Bowls, right? If if the Rams win. I give Pete some credit for getting that second one. I give him credit too. I'm just saying, like on paper, Sean McVay, one-time Super Bowl coach, Pete Carroll, not two times. It's just Super Bowl winning coaches. Not yeah. Pete's got two. It's just Super Bowl winning coaches. True. I mean, it's just kind of like the the margins on being there in the context of the people that watched it. That's great, but the history books don't remember it that way. That's true. That, like that Sean McVay true. wins this year and then wins in three years, and he's got more Super Bowls than Pete, and he will be viewed as a better NFL coach than Pete Carroll. Well, well again, here's the example. Back to the racking up Super Bowl losses. Sean McVay would have one. Marv Levy has zero. <laughs> Marv Levy went to four. You just know Marv Levy's got zero wins. He's got one. Like Parcells has two. I'm trying to think of like a big time. Uh, John Harbaugh is a guy that probably makes, just signed that new deal, probably $12 million a year. I mean, he's viewed as... He's had a rough couple years until this year, but like for a while, we we're like, he's a locked top four or five coach in the league. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl, right? You know, I mean, this boom, he's got as many as that guy, and he's everyone would take Sean McVay over John Harbaugh. Well, here's a guy that I think suffers from having um, uh, missed an opportunity. I mean, well, I don't know if this is a good example. Um, I was gonna say Mike Holmgren, but yeah, but I'm he, gonna I'm gonna he, stick with but that. he but he won one and went to three. Yeah. But if he had two, 
Yeah, it'd be a game changer. He'd be, probably be a Hall of Famer. He probably should be a Hall of Famer. Like the you Packers could, and then what he did with Seattle. Well, you get some credit as a coordinator too. Some guys, like when we look back, and go, oh, you were a good, you were a coordinator and you turned out to be a great head coach. You start getting credit for that in, retro, in hindsight. Well, right? and I don't think he gets enough credit. Like I remember watching his football life. His early part of his career as an assistant coach was like Walsh's right-hand man. Like he's – Mike Holmgren was kind of the poor man's version of Belichick. He was Walsh's right-hand guy. Then he went on to just crush it and coach arguably, you know, maybe not a top-five quarterback ever, but probably the most polarizing sweet quarterback ever, just Britton Favre. And he won, and then he went to another one, lost to Elway, and he went to another one. You know, with a team that, let's call it what it is, Seattle's, they, they feel like a strong franchise now. They were not when he got there. You know, you, you know, it was almost a two-time, and you could make the case, would get credit for three, Dick Vermeil. Because he lost in Philly. Lost in Philly, won in 99, and obviously he was not the coach when they went back. When they Fresno State, Fresno State's Mike March, Mike March, former Bulldog tight end, Mike March. Fresno State had a coach in the Super Bowl the year after Dilfer started the Super Bowl. Who was that? Well, Dilfer and then March back. Oh, I got, I got you. And was and March was for Meals' offensive coordinator when they went right. Like he had been on yeah, the staff yeah. two years. Like he was the guy starting the greatest show on turf. Like he was the coordinator. Because what? What side of the ball was Vermeil? It wasn't the. I mean, it wasn't. The I think he's a defensive guy because he was crazy ass. Um, but I. So I. I think that I. I think you got to root for McVeigh. I think it's good for you. Did the Niners get a pick with Garoppolo that they're waiting on the Patriots? No. Okay. O- offensive guy. Oh, I guess. Was. Okay. That's why he was so into uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, but he. It just says like, here it's he's so old. That when he was coaching at the College of San Mateo, his position was just the backfield. Like, is that offensive or defensive? Napa Junior College, it just says 1964. Stanford, 1965, it just says assistant. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there were three guys. No, there's not even records, guys. He, what, what position he coached? I don't know, like seven. <laughs> I mean, he, he, him and four other guys coached the football team. Right. Did he do the laundry? Yes. He also did the laundry. <laughs> yeah, he drove the buses and he picked up burgers. That's right. He was in charge of catering. Honestly, there is not that much information just on his wiki of just the positions he coached, guy. I swear to God. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not that crazy. Like, 75 is, I mean, we're talking 40-plus years ago. And you probably were somewhat of a hybrid. Yeah. You did. I mean, guys did... Yeah, wow. That's interesting. Uh, John, uh, uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, it's coming up, and what better way to enhance your Super Bowl party than with Ease. It's great to have Ease on the podcast. It is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone over 21 uh, can get verified, or 21, 21 and over, get verified online in minutes, super easy. Uh, I did it in part because I live in San Francisco County where there is delivery like L.A. or San Diego, Sacramento, Napa. Uh, the number one cannabis on demand platform in the state of California, Middlecoff, as you know, well, it's, it's got it all, guy. The uh, fresh cannabis flower pre-rolls. I got friends that definitely get the pre-rolls delivered. The vapes as Middlecoff dabbles in the edibles, topicals and more. It's got it all. I mean, just go to their menu. 
the menu is distinguished by what county you live in, so it changes from person to person. Uh, delivery San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, Sacramento, Napa. Again, it's just growing. Every couple weeks, I know they're joining my county next week. Check out Ease.com. That's E-A-Z-E for regular discounts and price drops. And right now, you get $20 off your delivery with promo code HAM. And delivery is free, guy, on all orders above $50. I was uh, I was texting with my neighbor uh, Tuesday. And I said, "You are you a big ease guy?" And he said, "Yes, actually, I am. Do you need something?" And I said, "No, no. well, it's not that. I was just calling to tell you that you know the response with the podcast. Now he's also a loyal podcast listener, and um, he was pumped because a lot of times these are first time user promos. But if you're already an ease user, this you can still use this promo for twenty dollars off. It's not a first sign up deal. It's just twenty bucks off with the promo code ham." Uh, and Super Bowl's coming up, obviously, so it's a great time to uh, take your Super Bowl party to the next level. Jump on! I mean, guys, it takes the uh, the snacks, the food, uh, to another level. Yeah, uh, and they all are. Uh, they partner with the dispensary near you, so you're always supporting a local business. I was looking. I love all these stats, John. The top cannabis. Sa- well, let's get the Super Bowl on this list. So I've got the top cannabis sale days for 2018. What were they? Uh, this list blew my mind. So number one by four twenty. No, that was number two. Number one is Green Wednesday. What's that? AKA Weed Wednesday. AKA the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. People getting ready for a long weekend with friends and f- with family. That makes sense. Number three is Halloween. Makes makes sense, sense too. Number four, Veterans Day. Veterans, uh, I think, comprise three percent of uh, cannabis sales in twenty eighteen. Gotcha. Number five is Sukkot. Number six is Hanukkah. Back to back Jewish holidays at five and six. Well, what was the what, what's the first one? What holiday is that? What uh, what do you mean? What'd you call it? Sukkot. Sukkot. Well, I've never heard of this. Um, is that a special holiday you guys have that you don't disclose to the people? No, it's 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 you probably just it's not one of the. It's after Yom Kippur, so it kind of gets overshadowed. Is Yom Kippur when they fast all day? Yom Kippur is when, uh, uh, yeah, Sandy Koufax doesn't pitch. That's Yom Kippur. Yeah. R- well, Roseman and Roseman didn't work. Neither did Lurie. Not that I kept tabs on whether he was coming to work, <laughs> but it was a big day for the Eagles. Like, just it was pretty empty in the offices. Uh, Black Friday in at seven. I don't. I need the breakdown from all the from all our Jewish listeners on. I I'm Jewish. I didn't realize everyone was high on Hanukkah. Well, it's uh, eight crazy nights, guys. It's so you true. Just, you've got a long There's period of time. Lighters a everywhere. lot of family. Christmas, and it's we're, gift in giving. And out. we're in and out. Gift giving. Although, yeah. Uh, Columbus Day at 8. Uh, did I say Black Friday at 7? Columbus Day at 8. Dia de los Muertos at uh, 9. And Labor Day at 10. So let's get the Super Bowl on this list, John, for 2018. I think the Super Bowl. First of all, we need Monday. You make Monday a holiday. Now it's really. But, I mean, this is the beauty. You've been telling me about it. It's not, you know, you're not walking around hungover on Monday morning after oh, a uh, Super Bowl cannabis day. You know what I mean? I know. Trust me. I know. All right. Ease, that's E-A-Z-E dot com. $20 off. Boom. Easy. No minimum purchase. 20 bucks off. But if your purchase is over 50 bucks, delivery free. If you don't know if it's in your county, just go to Ease, sign up. And if it's not, you'll find out when it is. Yeah. California listeners, get after it. There you go. All right. Great to have ease on board on the podcast, Middlecoff. That's fun. Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, another conversation that we want to have from a Niners perspective. And we'll do, by the way, the next pot will be like a full Super Bowl deal. Um, 
But what did you think of the story? And I, I was reading uh, David Lombardi, your colleague at The Athletic, writing about Wes Welker as a potential wide receiver coach for the 49ers. When I, I, can I tell you, can I, I have to admit this. When I saw 49ers Wes Welker, my first thought was, oh, damn. Like, I didn't know Wes was still playing. Like, I really did think that for a second. And I was like, oh, wait, he's been coaching. Okay, never Well, mind. I just remember Hard Knocks. He was a part of it. Uh, not a big part, but I just remember seeing him. Uh, my first response was just like, I text someone with the Niners, and I said, don't you guys already have the market cornered on 510 white guys? Because if you <laughs> go to Kyle's staff, and I don't know any of them personally, but he's got about five or six that look all the same, right? They're kind of interchangeable pieces. And as I heard back, like their coaches are coached interchangeably. Like Kyle's guys can coach, and this is a good thing for them, and, and I think their future is they don't get pigeonholed. Like in, like they just kind of rotate, like quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, tight ends, the passing game. Like they're all kind of integrated in each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they looked at Wes Walker like a really good coach. He just kind of the mindset of you can never have enough good coaches. I, I personally don't like I think that gets a little complicated sometimes. Like I, I'm more maybe old school, like I more defined roles. But clearly some of these coaching staffs nowadays, maybe I'm out of the loop. Uh, they, they're all about that. I, I, I'm not saying like, do you know who has the smallest coaching staff in the league? Isn't the fewest people? Bill? Yeah. Belichick? By, yeah, I've read by far. And it makes sense, right? Because you got to pay Bill. Well, that, but it's just, I, I think he doesn't value, like, what what do I need seven? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Right. Like, I, my wide receiver coach coached the wide receivers. My offensive line coach has an assistant offensive line. Like, it's just pretty set. Like, you get, I mean, you and I, you, we've been at practices, and you go to more college practices than I go to. It's just like, God, Jesus Christ. I mean, I've heard the, the all-timer is, it's kind of crazy because they're so interconnected, is you go to Saban's practice, you're like, well, who are all these people? Well, it's like a who's who. You know who they are because they're all former well, head coaches. Yeah, they're all famous, but it's just like, <laughs> what is Marv Levy doing? It's like, <laughs> Marv, Marv Levy's running the cards. It's like, what is, what's Jones doing? Oh, he's giving Jalen Hurts water. But I, I, I'm well, serious. I've heard it's just you know it's what's, like, Jesus Christ. You know what somebody told me the other day? I didn't know this. Did you know this? We were talking, you and I were talking about, like, why would Tosh Lupoy take a D-line job with the Browns? Well, somebody told me that nobody knew. No one, they didn't tell anybody. But they took play-calling duties from him, like, week three of the season. Like, people kept calling him the defensive coordinator at Alabama, but he was Who did not. Nick, Nick, oh, Nick did? Yeah, they gave that. it to another guy. Like, but Tosh was not calling defenses by the by week three or week four or something like that. But there's just so many guys there that they can swap it out and you don't even... Like, they just have somebody else that's going to call defense all of a sudden. Well, like, they got Mel Tucker, or they got, you know, Joe Blow, you know, they got Steve Sarkeesian. They, and that's the one thing I've always heard. And, and here, maybe this is the mindset, and this just hit me live, just the mind working. Okay. Uh, no CBD, just fresh on Red Bull. That Nick, what I've heard he's best at, like, people do rave that he always has a guy, like, he's so ahead of the curve. Now he also has the cash that he knows he's going to lose guys. So when he loses said coach, he's got the next guy already kind of groomed in the position. Right. 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 So when Tosh leaves, he already had a guy like Butch Jones or the equivalent on defense. Well, Kyle clearly is going to lose some of these guys. Right. They tried to just steal two of them and he denied them. Uh, LaFleur's brother and McDaniels. 
Mike, the guy, Mike I don't know if people remember, he was the guy, the famous guy, not famous, but had a drinking problem. They saved him in Atlanta, but he's like this really bright guy. He's like Kyle's right-hand guy. Right. Those guys are going to be gone. So if you have Welker on the staff, you're already kind of equipped when he goes to make that guy the quote-unquote offensive coordinator or whatever. And if you're West, you're like, well, I'm going to get a lot of credit. Like, I'm kind of capped out if I'm Bill O'Brien's guy and there are other guys. Like, I, I, I'm i just an assistant to a position coach. Like, if I become an assistant here, well, these guys are going to leave and then I'll become it. Maybe that's his thinking and maybe that's Kyle's thinking. Yeah, I, you know, I think... That, again, that just hit me live. That's the brain working. That's just flow. That's good flow, John. That's really good flow. And I think there's there's something to that. Because um, he had to deny uh, two guys this year. Right. So he knows he can only you can only hold them off. I mean, you can keep holding them off, I guess, but... At some point. Well, not not if they don't sign extension. If they just play out the contract, they're eventually going to just become, become a free, free agent. agent, right? Um, so that's a great call. I think you're on. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say I if the Niners that, are successful this year, they're going to lose some guys? Yeah, they weren't successful this year, and people wanted their coaches. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, um, but I think what's <laughs> imagine it, a seven win season might lose half the staff. A buddy of mine asked me the other day. He's like, "Do you think Memphis has the most expensive basketball staff in the history of sports?" Like college, ba- not most expensive. Sorry, let me rephrase that. The richest, the richest staff. I was like, ah, oh, maybe. Like, well, we looked today, you and I. Penny Hardaway made one hundred twenty million, and Mike Miller Sneaky made ninety three million dollars, and he's on the Memphis staff. Which Penny Hardaway said today, like everyone else is jealous of all our NBA experience, and Sam Mitchell's on their staff too. Sam made twelve million as a player, but then was an NBA head coach for five years, so making a couple million a year. So probably combined, they have about two hundred forty million dollars. I mean, so it might be the richest college basketball staff ever assembled. Um, like, Do you think like Calipari or Kay have made like a hundred million dollars individually? Well, that's true. That is true. That's that's where it's a little. That's where it gets a little skewed. But maybe like pre that arrival at that, we can we can move the goalposts on that. It, but my it's point is, there, here's sure. my point: when you're an NFL player or when you're a, co- a player in general, you make a lot of money, a lot of money. And I do think for some guys, when you're good and you've made a lot of money, getting straight into the grind of coaching football is probably unattractive because a you're taking a pay cut and b you're like, well, I, I love being the guy, but I don't really want to be the assistant wide receiver coach and take 16 years to work my way up. Well, all of a sudden, if you're Wes Welker, if you're a guy that's 37, 38, 39, you're looking around going, guys my age are becoming head coaches. And I played. These guys didn't even play. I played. I can be a head coach in five years if I know what I'm doing. Well, Maybe who do you think less. Welker's teammate was at Texas Tech? Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. How much do you think Welker, I just looked it up, made in his career? Uh, great question. This is harder with – I feel like this is easier with NBA salaries. Uh, what was his last year playing, 2016? 15. 15. How many years in the league? 10? 11? Uh, a lot. 04 to 15. Okay. So like 12. Uh, I'm going to say he made $90 million. 40. Holy shit. That was way off. Well, he was an undrafted free agent. So his okay. first four years, he banked like, you know, what's crazy when he first got in the league, an undrafted free agent, the minimum, he made 230 grand. Now he might've been a practice squad player that first year. And then he went, yeah. So he might, he didn't start making big money till new England signed him. And then he went like six spot. He didn't make that much cash. I mean, he made a shitload of cash, but I'm just saying relative to like, I I also think when you think Wes Welker, 
And there were just some of these guys. Like if you if you looked, I bet Mike Vrabel made like forty million dollars, right? Yeah. He made a lot. Just some of these guys, if you're going to become coaches in 2019 or 2025, and you played in the 2000s, and you were semi-successful player in basketball, football, on a lower level, if you're not a quarterback, you're going to have made some money, right? It's going to be a little skewed now moving forward, because like you said, players have always gone into coaching or executive. Like it's just been a natural, because guys, it's just their life. They love it. Like Elway's doing it. Elway's not doing this for the money. Like he does it for the juice. This is. It makes him money. Yeah, LA like, had the money with car dealerships. It wasn't yeah, he didn't that. need the money. He's doing like Peyton Manning is going to get back involved. Like Kobe one day will be an owner. Michael owns the team. They, they got to be around. It's their life. Well, the more and more like guys that aren't going to be owners, but coaches and execs are just going to be richer moving forward. Like there are just going to be a lot more Wes Welkers, whoever that guy is. And I, I would say in, in basketball and football moving forward, right? Just where you're like, God, that guy made $50 million in his coach. Just because if you played 10 years in the NBA, the NBA is going to be crazier. But I, I again, I think part of this is I'm willing to do it, but I don't want to spend 10 years being somebody's assistant. I think part of what makes it more attractive is what you're talking about. I can have the juice of being the guy or the offensive coordinator. Damon Stoudemire is actually, you know, he coaches at University of Pacific and by all accounts doing a pretty good job. He's the head coach? He's the head basketball coach at UOP. At the University of Pacific? I yes. did not know that. He wears incredible suits on the sidelines. He's a rich guy. He's got money. But he's a head coach. Like being a, You see this all the time. Like head coaches, it's just hard to go back. Well, so think about Wes, that. That guy's probably made up. I would imagine Damon Sotomayor was 80 to $100 million. He's living right now in Stockton at a non-Power 5 college team. That's pretty nuts. Like That clearly shows he likes coaching, right? You yeah. would not do that if you didn't. Right. And he, well, he had been an assistant, right, for a while at Arizona. He had been an assistant, yes, correct. So he, you know, I, I think some of these guys get to the point where they just desire. You and I have talked to enough. He made a hundred million. He made ninety nine million dollars to sit at the front of the table, and even if that means moving from fucking Tucson to Stockton, because again, he looks at it. Well, if I just have one season where I make the tournament, I will get a Pac twelve job, right? Hell, I might get the Arizona job when Sean Miller leaves. Right. If he leaves, right? Right. Why wouldn't he? If if Pacific were to make the tournament and Sean Miller were to leave, you don't think Damon Sotomayor would get an interview? Or w- Welker? I, I tweeted this kind of joking around. Is Wes Welker three years away from getting head coaching interviews? Look how fast it happened for Vrabel, guy. You know, I do think there's an overrated part. Not overrated, sorry. Overlooked. I've overlooked it until this very second with Wes Welker, which is this. We spend so much time talking about what a guy's next job is, particularly with NFL assistants. Like we did, John DeFilippo, surefire head coach, is about to happen. We got to talk about the job they have. And the fact is, the 49ers used a second round pick on a wide receiver. They need their receivers to be better. What if Wes Welker is a good wide receiver coach, John? What if he's a really good wide receiver coach? That has nothing, that doesn't prevent him from being an offensive coordinator or head coach. It only helps. But I'm just saying, in 2019, what if he's a really good wide receiver coach? What if he helps Dante Pettis become a better player? Like, he's paid for himself whether he becomes an offensive coordinator or not, whether he becomes a head coach one day or not. That's a valuable commodity. 100%. And Kyle might be looking at it like maybe that's a position that when I, he was an offensive coordinator, he got to spend a little more time with. Like, that was one of his babies. And he does just – it's harder when you're the head coach, Right. He's like, I just don't get to enough time. I need more help there. 
that's maybe an area of weakness. Just weakness. We just want to. We want to make it an area of strength. Yeah. Plus, I know I'm going to lose guys. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a big, big part of that. And it's just kind of you got a New England guy in there that can't hurt either. No. The one thing you'd say about Wes Welker is he played with two guys that valued him a lot. That are arguably two of the smartest football guys in the history of the league, right? In Peyton and and Brady. Like they didn't just they loved him. Like he was their guy. He was Brady's guy. I mean, he was the better version of Edelman. He was fucking incredible. Was he if there? He, wait a second. Was he there with Jimmy? Uh, no. His last year in New England, remember, got a little ugly there at the end, was 12. So and Jimmy came, was Carr's year, 14. Yeah. His last year in New England was 12? Yeah, then he spent two years in, in Denver. One other note on this, but first, John, let's tell everybody about Sherry's Berries. It, Valentine's Day is nearly here. Sherry's Berries have been a part of my Valentine's Days now for several years because I've been buying Sherry's Berries. Great to have them on the podcast again. Um, it is a must-give, and this is so easy, and it's going to be loved, and it's great because you can get it for uh, somebody in your life that you live with, maybe a wife, your girlfriend. You can get it for your mom. It's a great gift to get it sent across the country. I actually do both um, because I get to eat them when they come to my house, and I know my mom loves them. So uh, right now you can get it on the action when you go to berries.com, click the microphone, and use the promo code HAM. Guy dipped in milk, dark, and white chocolatey goodness. The white chocolate ones are just, oh, oh, God, they're good. Uh, (laughs) Just the the top with chocolate chips, uh, glitter sprinkles, always fresh, always tasty, always worth the wait. Guy, we got a couple coming to us, like you said. I can't wait. They arrive fresh with a 100% Sherry's Berries guaranteed. Ships anywhere nationally. Gives sweet somethings to your long-distance love if she's not with you. Hell, do it for your mom. Uh, They arrive fresh with a 100% Sherry's Berries guarantee. You never go wrong with the signature dipped strawberries. And you can get get it taken care of, if I could talk, right now while you're listening to the podcast. Um, You click on the microphone. Use the promo code HAM. The berries start at just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. And... John, you can also add, make the Valentine's Day special, add a dozen red roses for nineteen ninety nine more, shipped with the Sherry's Berries at no extra charge. So, guys, just go to berries.com, click on the microphone, top right-hand corner, enter promo yep. code HAM at checkout. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click the microphone, enter promo code HAM, order today. Yeah, don't, don't let time waste. Here's your uh, follow-up on Damon Stoudemire, by the way. Apparently, Damon tweeted yesterday that he ran into somebody at the airport that said that he went to the University of Arizona. This is the tweet. Guy in the airport said he went to U of A and enjoyed watching me play. Then he said that I almost hit him in B- in my BMW by the stadium in 93. Said he said, finished with that he'd never seen a college team that had so many guys with nice whips. Then Greg Anthony retweets it and says, damn, he never saw the Rebels play? <laughs> Then Nick Van Exel chimes in and goes, damn, we didn't even have cars. Shake my head at Cincinnati. Where did Nick Van Exel go to school? Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say in like between 90 and 95, UNLV before Tark left and then Loot when he really got the thing rolling, operated a little NBA style. Because I'll never forget Rich Ellerson told me who coached the Desert Swarm teams at Arizona, the really good Dick Tomey, yeah. uh, mid-90s, Teddy Bruschi, all those type guys, they were really good. Deuce, uh, not Deuce McAllister, but one of the McAllisters that played corner at uh, for the Ravens on that really good defense. 
said that he remembers, and back then, call uh, like he was the uh, Ellerson. I think was the defensive coordinator, or might have been the linebacker coach. I, I think college coaches back then were making like you had an eighty thousand dollar college. That was a big deal in like ninety four. Walked into the gym when he first got hired, and was like, "Gee, where are all these Mercedes?" And it was Damon Bibby. Uh, just that whole group of guys, and they said, don't ever bring this up again. Like, it was like you weren't allowed to talk about it. You know, it's like, where the fuck are these guys? <laughs> now, Bibby's dad had some cash, right? Because he was, I guess, not maybe not big, but a lot of these guys weren't coming from money. And yeah. the Rebels were just notorious. I mean. That's incredible. It, I don't think we have quite, like, I'd be fascinated. What do the Kentucky and Duke players drive? Like, can you even be that blatant now with social media and stuff? Bicycles? I don't know. Like, no. I mean, can you just drive a brand new $100,000 Mercedes if you're one of these guys and get away with it? I don't think you could. No, I don't think so. The irony is, though, that, like, other people at the school drive that car. No one looks twice, right? No one even hesitates. You go to UCLA. I go to the USF campus. It's incredible. When I went to Fresno State, or not Fresno State, but uh, Cal Poly, all the rich farmers' kids were all driving, like, $80,000 sweet souped up trucks. I mean, everyone, I guess this is the nature of having a school that was 98% white, just a lot of cash. Like you said, no one even thinks twice. Hell, I, I drive to Chipotle and I go by De La Salle. Do you know? And I can tell, like, if it's like five o'clock, the school's out of session, but clearly the football team is there lifting in the offseason because I can tell the parking lot, which the, the weight room is right next to where the football stadium is. So all their cars are there, probably getting a workout. It ain't hoopties, you know? Right, right. I mean, multiple Range Rovers, multiple new SUVs. I mean, they, they are, they're, and no one, you, you don't even, oh, Dale's out, money. No, don't even think twice. Yeah. You're right. It's kind of unfair. I, I, I don't blame uh, Damon for driving the BMW that no. someone bought him. Absolutely. I don't. I for sure don't. I don't know. I, I would. Uh, you know, it's it's that time of uh, of the year, John. The Super Bowl. Uh, Roger Goodell spoke to the media. Somebody was there to ask him about the uh, Oakland Raiders stadium, and seems um, he's like Billy McFarlane, a solutions based organization. Except he basically said, "It's not my job to come up with this solution. It's the Raiders' job to come up with this solution." And he said he I, hopes I just, they play in the Bay Area. Like he wants them to play in the Bay Area. Did you watch well, it? I watched it. Sam Farmer asked the question. And the, I think one of the parts he wanted answered and Roger didn't answer it at first was like, is San Diego an option? And Roger didn't, you know, he said basically like, we want him in the Bay Area, we want him in the Bay Area. Sam, and then Sam kind of grabs back the mic because he goes to the next question and was like, what about San Diego? And then Roger reiterated, our plan is to keep them in the Bay Area. Or, or he, I guess I think he used Mark. Mark wants to, it's hard to tell. Like I, Roger wasn't feeling the question. Like, there were two questions today that I could tell. It's just like he wanted to wring some necks. That one, because of what a pain in the ass it is. And the Kaepernick, like, he got multiple Kaepernick questions. Like, it's it's dead. Just let it go, media. You're just so out of touch with, like, what people are talking about. That's neither here nor there. But the point is about this Mark thing, like, it's a pretty big issue right now. They have nowhere to play. And the schedule comes out in, like, a couple months. Like, it's they got to know, you know? Like, this is... It's just classic Raiders. It, this would not happen to any other team. No chance. Zero. None. It's the most Raider story of all the Raider story and the Raider stories. There was a good article in the East Bay Times about the myth of the fan base. And people are going to be like, you're a hater. Listen, Guy and I watch all the games. We enjoy watching them. Like, we like talking about them. Not all negatively. Like, 
everyone loved when we were blowing Derek as the well, MVP. Here's what or I how and, great and, Khalil was. And I know this too. This is not we've talked about this. If I could just interject for a second to make, help make that point. On the West Coast, winning pays more than losing pays. On the East Coast, bad teams, people still care. On the West Coast, it doesn't work like that. So winning is better for us. When the Raiders win, that's better for us. When the Niners and win, they, that's better. They've for us. won since we've been doing this one year. One. And it was good. It was fun. We enjoyed it. I liked it way more than the other years. But the the article was just about like they're having some trouble selling the PSLs. Like the myth of the the ratings in LA this year were a bloodbath. They weren't, of course they were low. They were terrible. Like people don't watch them. People don't, obviously don't really consume them. Again, we consume them. The masses don't. Uh, and it's just it's been a little more difficult this move. I think that they because they hype up this myth. And and Al, the point of the article was Al was really good about selling this global brand, the brand, the brand, the brand. And you start to believe it. And the fans started to believe it. And it actually doesn't exist. We're everywhere. Well, I watched you when you went to Mexico. They were chanting Brady. (laughs) Things change when you lose forever. And I think things have never changed faster with the pace of everything. And people are like, oh, you're just a millennial talker. They've always been. I I just think the the way the internet has just kind of changed the world. Uh, So it's like the 20 years that they've been shitty or 16, whatever it is. Is more is probably more like olden days, like thirty, right? Just with the way internet is and the stories and social media. So it's like, wait, what do you mean? You're saying that you that wh- I'm just saying you could lose back in the day for like ten years. Like what? Like once you had your brand, you had it, and like you you would just there weren't as many options. Like people could just leave now, just do other shit. Gotcha. I just watch right. other teams. Right. I, I could only watch my team in the local. They kind of had you by the balls. And now I just think you have more options than forever. Like we had said at the beginning of the season, this is before I knew the Rams were going to be in the Super Bowl. We just thought they were good. We're like, they, they, LA's theirs. Now it's not even an argument. Like Sean McVay, like we like winners here, you know? Especially down there. Here, like there is some brand loyalty with the Raiders and the Niners. Like people are loyal to that. Down there, there was none. They hadn't had a football team in forever. So like Southern California also, like I know, I guess Sam has to ask the question, but you don't need to know like the uh, to have the 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 meeting notes for the league office to know like they're not going to let them do that. They, they they have gone all in on L.A. Now the team is going to the Super Bowl. You're not going to put a team that's going to be there for a year that's moving you know three hours east, fucking for a year below them like that. Stan Kroenke's invested too much money. That is not an option. It is not. Now if no teams were in L.A., let's say the Rams were still in St. Louis. I guess if the Chargers stayed in San Diego, maybe they would welcome it. You can split the stadium with us. Maybe it would that would be on the table. It is not on the table right now. Just think about it logically. It makes no sense for the league that has gone all in on LA and it having been a raging success. Like, it, could it have been any more successful so far, guy? Maybe. I guess if the Rams would have won the Super Bowl last year, that's it. Yeah. No. I, it's no. no. It really couldn't. It, it, it's. It, and I think part could, of the question is... It could exponentially is, grow if they win Sunday. Yeah, and look, I mean, for them, the rivals are the Dodgers are trying to win a World Series. The Rodgers are the, the Lakers trying to win a championship. Like, those are the Rams' rivals, and those are big rivals to try and overcome. So that's, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you watch the Lakers. They're, they're a little bit away from that right I, now. I know, I know. Do you, do you, uh, do you follow, uh, what's the guy's name, Savvy something on Instagram? The guy that does, like, the voices of people? Brett? Uh, no, I don't. I'll I'll play one of these for you here while we're talking. It's, I I mean I'm sure. God, what is the name of it? It's savvy, savvy, amusing. 
it's just this dude and he does these videos and he just like impersonates people talking so he does like like Stephen A and Magic Johnson let me see if I can get it for you here what's up Stephen what's going on Magic I'm gonna get right to the point okay Magic, I've been getting word from LeBron James camp from his boy Rich Paul and Mav Carter that LeBron James wants Luke Walton out of there. He wants a new coach. He prefers a new coach. What direction are you going in, Magic? Well, I haven't really heard anything from Rich Paul, and I haven't heard nothing from Mav Carter. So as far as I know, Luke Walton is still our guy, unless LeBron James say something about it. It just goes on. I'm, I'm telling this you, this guy's pretty good. I mean, he's he doesn't need my promotion. Like he's crushing it on Instagram. He's really good. He's got What's a Stephen this guy's A. Name? Savvy, amusing. Savvy. I'm amusing. gonna follow his ass. He's got a Chris Broussard, Stephen A. That's just my favorite one. From Is it mainly NBA stuff? It's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of NBA. Yeah. Yeah. You but anyway, the point is, 000. they got star power. Even if they don't win, look. I think part of the reason the question gets asked is to try and just we got to cross things off the list here. We we all know logically it doesn't make any sense for the Raiders to go to San Diego. But I think part of what the reporter's job, Sam Farmer's job, is to do is okay. Roger says no, so Sam, I'm crossing San Diego off. We just got to know that, and now it's about just checking things off the list, doing the due diligence. Okay, so now I can go to Mark. Mark, you're not going to San Diego, so you can't answer this with maybe. We know that. So you, Roger says he wants you to be in the Bay Area. So Mark doesn't you, talk. Though. Where are you going to go? No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like this is, this is how we have to, we talk about them. Like these are their options. This thing that they're going to be somewhere weird. The other thing, Roger was like, yeah, we got a schedule to put together. So you know, internally, there's a deadline. Like you can say we're offended by the by the city of Oakland or we're going to sue them, but there's going to be a day where the NFL says, guys, it's five o'clock Friday. I'm going to Martha's Vineyard. What is your answer? That's coming up this Friday. I need to know because we're going to print the schedule. I don't want TBA on there. Like people got to travel agents. Teams got to make arrangements. They got to get hotels. Like where are you going to be? Like that day is coming. Like the point, the, the, oh, maybe Oakland doesn't get to control this thing, but the Raiders don't get to control the deadline because the, there's a season coming up and they're going to have to pick a place. And none of these places are ideal for them. So they go play at AT&T. Some people say, that's not happening. Okay, it's not happening. So Levi Stadium. Well, no, that's not happening either. Okay, that's not happening. So the Coliseum. No, 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 that's not happening either. Okay, well, we're out of places now. Yeah, there's three options, right? If Because the, the, they're going to be here unless they play 16 road games. And I don't think that's an option. So you're either going AT&T, Levi's, or the Coliseum. It kind of feels like the Coliseum is off the table. But then, okay, you're going to play at Levi's. Because I don't think AT&T is an option. I, I just, I, it just, the Giants, why, why would the Giants let them play there? There's a foot, there is a football stadium down the street. <laughs> a brand I know. new football stadium down the street. The whole thing is, this is a shit show. And it's an exhausting topic that just will not die. It just, it's been a long, like, it's a great lesson for because I think you're going to see some movement in other leagues. Probably won't have any relocation in the NFL. If the A's are going to move, and you just got to go. And if the Pelicans are going to, you just leave. Just go. Just go. What if we just go? You just got to go. That's that's the lesson here. You go. You don't go. We're going to 
be here for three, maybe four. And then two years in, they're suing you. Like, no shit. Who could have seen this coming? I don't know. It wasn't going to be a happy-go-lucky marriage on the way out. You know, it was an obvious kind of intersection of just anger that was bound to happen. Suing, I didn't know. No one probably quite could grasp uh, how it would play out, but this is not a shocking result, right? Right. That it's gotten acrimonious, that they're going to start asking for like $20 million for the year. It's just, it's ugly. You just leave. The problem was they didn't have any money. They didn't have anywhere to go. It's probably why, you know, when the housing crisis happened, you had a lot of people in homes they shouldn't afford. Like, should Mark Davis be in charge of this? No. And, and people are like, oh, you just hate on Mark Davis. He did the move. No, the league and Jerry did the move. They, they in no way would want their poorest owner doing this. It's a pain in their fucking ass in their just daily pain that is a big deal for them. Like uh, it involves other teams, right? It's yeah. impacts the league. Well, you don't think Rogers division. gotten one phone call like, Hey, my, my so-and-so and my so-and-so, the travel secretary, they usually do the hotels by now. Do, do you, have you guys heard anything where we're going to be? And then somebody, you know, they call right. Roger gets an email from somebody. Hey, so-and-so with the, with the Ravens wants to know, uh, we're going to know uh, they're looking to book their hotels. Or whatever. I don't I, know how they do I it. I think how many people, and I guess the Raiders don't give a shit about it, in their own building are like... Well, I, are John, we, I told, did I tell you this? I talked to somebody who works for the Raiders about three weeks ago. Maybe it was more. And he's like, there are people in the building that don't know if they're going to have... If they're not, they don't know if they're going to Vegas with the team or not. A. And B, they don't know when the team's going to Vegas. So A, they don't even know if they're going to have well, a job. Well, the team doesn't know when they're going to Vegas. Right. But there are people, it's twofold, John. They don't know, I don't know if I'm going to have a job if the team is taking me to Vegas. Yeah. A. And B, if they told me they're not, that'd be cool. But I don't even know when I'm not going to have that job. Like, is that going yeah, to be this like, year it, or it's next not, year? Like, it could go another year. It could end next week. Right? Could end next week. There are a lot of people, it's a great, I'm glad you mentioned it, in limbo. It's just a shitty situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's being a Raider fans like being in a, you know, a turmoil relationship, abusive relationship, but you're in. It's hard. And I get it in, pro, in sports. It's hard to dump your team, but it's just it's not healthy. It sucks. If you're yeah. in the Northern California, I get it. if you're in L.A., you don't care or whatever. But the Northern California people just were treated like shit in this whole time. People that. We know a lot people that commute from Fresno to Sacramento to the Bay, loyal season ticket holders that saw arguably the worst stretch of football in the history of the franchise. And then just to be treated like this is just just low level shit. You know, it's just, it is it's just low level shit. Like I, I've never felt like a lot of people St. Louis, <laughs> the, like the one thing for St. Louis guy, they stole the Rams. The Rams were in LA forever. Like they weren't your team. You stole them pretty recently too, right? You got them. When did the Rams go to St. Louis? Like the early 80s. Like it's not like you had had them since like the 50s. Like we'd had them since World War II. No, you'd had them for like 20 years. You know, or I guess a little long. I guess they both left in 95. So you had them from 95 till you had them a little over 20 years. Like Oakland and L.A. were the Rams and the Raiders homes. Like that's where they originated. So I, I don't I, – that's why I've never felt – looked at St. Louis the same. Also, guy – the market upgrade was just enormous. The market upgrade here, they're downgrading markets by a wide margin. 
Uh, you know, what this reminds me of is the the part in the Netflix documentary, the Fire Festival, when people have like their flights the next day, and they don't know where to go. They don't know like which airline they're flying on. They don't know which. Uh, uh, That's one terminal. thing. The they Fire don't know Festival, which terminal did, to go to. Did the Fire Festival buy their flights? Is that part the, of the it? The one plane looked like a, a repurposed prison plane that had like their logo on it. Yeah, Fire Festival logo. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was, can you like subcontract like cheapo air planes to do, you can probably get, um, uh, you know, like chartered flights. Well, I'm sure you can. If ever, you know, if everyone's paying part of the package, you allocate some of that cash to charter the plane. But you remember like one guy gets on the plane and the window like falls off, like the window frame, he's just holding it. And someone else is like, this was supposed to be a private jet. These seats are awful. Like this plane is yeah. like they had crappy plane. They weren't flying like on the new United. Well, Billy only had so much money. But it's just, that's the same deal. It's like season ticket holders. If they have your money, but you're going, okay, but where are the games? Right. I'm the, getting the, on the plane. The people where think am I'm I fucking going? Around. There are some parallels to Firefest and the Raiders. Just, there are some. I mean, there's just, there's no disputing that. John, the, uh, the Warriors play on Thursday night. They've won 11 games in a row. Uh, what does my bookie say about uh, what the Warriors have coming up? Because what we start thinking about is how many games in a row are the Golden State Warriors going to win now? I do think they were they were twenty five and fourteen after they lost to Houston. They're now thirty six and fourteen. They've won eleven games straight. And um, now this, we want you to to get in on the Super Bowl action at mybookie.ag promo code ham. But you know you can get in on the uh, on the Warriors action too, a lot of good basketball. Oh God! Right, right now, guy, the Warriors are in almost a ten point nine and a half Woo. points for tomorrow. Uh, the, you know, here's the craziest number of the game. Huh. This is huge. I don't remember seeing too many of these. Maybe I haven't watched this closely this year. The over under for the game is two hundred and forty and a half. Wow. Like a, a high over under to me in the NBA is like two thirty. Maybe they maybe. Maybe they've risen this year a little bit, actually, because I'm looking like Hawks Kings is 235. Like two, th- that's a lot of points, guy. That means 230, you're getting like 115, 115, 235, 118, 120, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's a shitload of points. It is. Uh, what what's the uh, is it what's the number on the uh, Super Bowl right now? Still two and a half. Um, my bookie is the premier destination for props. They will truly let you bet on anything, whether it's the length of the anthem. The color of the sports drink that's a dumped on the winning coach. My bookie has a buffet, Middlecoff, a buffet of Patriots Rams props for you to chew on. And of course, you can also live bet the game when you go to mybookie.ag and you use the promo code HAM. Well, I just clicked on a couple. You can bet on the first player to score. So you can bet on the Rams' first player to score. Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook, CJ Anderson, three to one. We'll go Patriots. Uh, Sony Michelle. Julian Edelman, James White. The Patriots is hard, right? Because there's just so many options. Uh, Super Bowl coin toss. Pretty basic. Heads or tails. <laughs> but Patriots win. Rams win. I mean, just the the amount of the halftime show. Uh, what song will Maroon... Is Maroon 5 still playing or they just canceled the press conference? Somebody had a great thing today. They're like, how many members of Maroon 5 can you name? And I was like, oh my God, I, I can only name the one guy. The lead yeah. singer. That's it. Whatever his name is. Adam Levine. Adam Levine, thank you. What what song will Maroon Five open up with? Great question. So I mean, the, the my bookies options for gambling on this game are immense. Yeah, this could be, and I would expect there to be a lot. Go to mybookie.ag, promo code ham. You get paid 
fast. Two business days uh, when you win. But use the promo code HAM, and my bookie will match that deposit with a 50% bonus. So you put in 100 bucks, they'll put in 50%. Go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code HAM to activate the offer. Get it in, baby. Promo code HAM. Get your gamble on. All right. Uh, so this is what the Warriors have coming up. How many games in a row can the Warriors win? They're at 11. Philly on Thursday night. TNT. Tough one. Because Philly's going to be hyped up for it. Embiid, if they win this one, there, I think they're in pretty good shape. Lakers on Saturday. Braun might be back. D- take a dive just for Luke. Uh, Spurs on Wednesday. That's a good point. Could they take a dive to save him? These are all home games, by the way, these three. Sixers, Lakers, Spurs. Two Phoenix. Should be a W. Yep. Miami at home. Uh, you know, that that's kind of one of those sleeper would it totally shock you if they were just kind of in a malaise. So it depends, right? Uh, let me, I'll just run this list here. At U, uh, Then Utah, then at Portland, Sacramento at home, and then this leads up to, to Houston on February 23rd. So I do think there's, I think there's one element with the Warriors, or there's two things going on with them right now. One, I think working Cousins in is just fun for them. Like it gives them something to, to focus Cl- on. Clearly, yeah. Yeah. And then two, I think they – Everyone likes winning, but I think they like these mini challenges. And so they've got this little mini challenge now that has just presented itself where they've won 11 in a row. They would would not set out to do it, but now it's just given them something that they can kind of chase a little bit here in the middle of the season, something to entertain themselves with. How long can we keep this thing rolling? So I do think they're going to be engaged when they play Philly on Thursday. Well, I do too. So I I, I think that they then Lakers, San Antonio, Phoenix handle all those. Miami game's a little weird because it's like – you're at 15 games. They're not chasing some record. Let's say they win that game. Then they get Utah, which I would have red flagged, but it's at home. To me, that it is a back-to-back. That would They would be at 17 games. Back-to-back. at So they get Utah at home, night game. Then fly to Portland, play the next night. That also guy leads into the All-Star break. So these guys might just be... That, to me, would be the game at Portland. Back-to-back into the All-Star break. That They're just... Lose focus. Because, again, what are they playing for? I, I, I'd i say if the All-Star break had already happened, maybe they'd be a little more locked in. But, like, if you know you're going on vacation and you know that these guys, especially the core of them, know that none of this shit means anything. Like, that to me. So you think the if game. they've won 17 in a row going into the Portland game, they lose that Well, game. I just think that it would, just on a back-to-back, it's just difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially a back-to-back where you're traveling and a back-to-back leading into a, the All Star break got extended now, so like Clay, Draymond, Boogie, all these guys that aren't going to be in the All Star game, I'm pretty sure Clay won't be there. I don't know if they've announced the reserves yet. Uh, that you're just looking for. I mean, just put yourself in the situation when you're in school or a job and you're going on a vacation. You just you, you checkout might be the wrong word, but checkout might also be the right word. I mean, you're human. Yeah. The question is just, do they get there at seven? Are they won seventeen in a row by the time they get to that game? You think they get to seventeen? Um, I, uh, my, my gut instinct is no. Like tomorrow night is losable. Like you right. just could, they, and then they could just, play really like well. You, just like a weird, like, you know, they, they're not playing back to back days before that game, but they do have a stretch where it's like every other day after the Lakers game, they're off for four days before they play the Spurs, but then they, they're off. They play Saturday. Sorry. They play Wednesday. They're off Thursday. They play Friday night in Phoenix, come back home to play Miami on a Sunday, Sunday night. Then they got Monday off. Then they play Utah. Then they got Tuesday off. 
to go to Did that you say Portland Phoenix game. Miami's back to back, or they get a day off in between? No, it's a Friday Sunday, but the Phoenix game's a road game. It's like a, a it's a random road game stuck in the middle yeah. of five home games. Phoenix sucks. They do, but that's where maybe Miami gets you. But I don't know. Do you think they go seventeen in a row? To me, I had the Miami game circled. I could just see that, like they come in approaching like the Super Bowl. You're not really that focused. You've already banged out 15 straight wins. Like they're to me, they're more likely to lose to Miami than they are like San Antonio or Philly. Because I, I think they'll give Philly their good shot, right? Because right now they're kind of feeling it. They're playing Boston. Right. Uh, they play last night, or they played Indiana two nights ago, and they kicked the shit out one, of them. One thing that could get in the way is like, does this become Joel versus Demarcus like going at each other? Well, I saw that Embiid just said he's excited for this game. Well, I just like I know Demarcus wants to like. I just wonder, but, like, but, it, do does, the but Warriors... it doesn't matter if Demarcus fouls out. It does matter if Embiid's in trouble, right? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, do the Warriors is their thing? Like, all right, tonight we're going to help Demarcus get Joel, or are they going to just play their game? I watched some of their game last night because I had Rondo on a DraftKings team, and the Lakers was terrible. But you just watch the Sixers, and you go, if their three guys are on, it's like Jimmy's getting alley oops from Simmons. Simmons is taking off down the court, throwing no look passes to random white guys they got on their teams that shoot uh joel duncan like they do have a like that's a team that might just come in swinging on the warriors here's the other one i mean no it is a team that will what if lebron comes back saturday and it's kind of hyped and the warriors win the game right like let's just say it's like a fun it's a saturday night it's on national tv it's just a fun game then the spurs come to town like spurs aren't bad no I, i spurs are not bad Rudy hit a game winner last night. I think against the Sun, so that's probably not a great indication. But they beat the Celtics this year. I mean, they like. I saw last night. I just saw it on Twitter. Is Pop opened up his press conference saying the Suns got screwed? Like they deserved to win. Like we were such an embarrassment. Like they deserve. I've never I'm like. What? What? Think of all the times he's tried to like play mind games. He's just running out of material. Yeah, the Suns got screwed. Greg. My favorite. One of my favorite stories that I always tell people from trust from our trust radio days is when we had, um, what was, what was the guy? He, I think he does. Does he do bulls games now? Will Purdue. Purdue was on the Spurs when Bob Hill, when Popovich fired Bob Hill, sneaky pop was the GM and made himself the coach and pop gets on the bus and he's like, we've got three plays. We're only running three plays. Do you remember him telling us this story? And when no. you run three plays, right? We're going to run a fourth play. And then when you guys can run four plays properly, then we'll have five plays. But basically, just strip the whole thing down. Uh, he's been Say doing it's it for a long time. Yeah, I think it worked. I think it yeah, worked. It, it, to me, before it becomes really interesting, probably have to get to twenty before like the NBA really takes notice. I don't they're know, so man. Good I think now. you get to. I think you get to sixteen or seventeen, and that starts to get attention. The problem is the All Star break happens. Yeah, I know. But if they're if they have that winning streak going in the All Star break, and then the they play Sacramento, who's played them well, and then they play the Rockets. Like, that'd be pretty fun. That's true. What do you think about Willie Cauley-Stein and Zach Randolph for Marcus All? Oh, yeah. You got to do that. You feeling that? Sure. You and, think the Kings make the playoffs? And, and Mike Conley? Throw Mike Conley in? You think Kings make the playoffs? Honestly, they kind of have felt at times like a playoff team to me right now. What, what are they in the standings? I think they're 500. They're a couple games back. I mean, 500 always puts you right in it. Yeah, I, 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 you probably got to get to like 45, 46 this year. Uh, uh, no. I don't know. 
Let me see. I, I would lean no. Right now. They are they're twenty five and twenty five. Um, the problem is like the seventh and eighth seed are like the Jazz and the Clippers, who and the, are both dramatically yeah, better than them. The Lakers are not in right now. You think? Do you think the Lakers don't make the playoffs? Look at the playoffs. Like who's gonna miss? I guess you just say LeBron, LeBron comes back and they yeah, start going on a warpath. The Clippers. I mean, Clippers are pretty good. I know. So you might need to win forty-eight games. Yeah. To get in okay. The West. I'm looking at it. I'm gonna go no on the Kings. No, yeah, I'm going no on the Kings too. But you're you're also not making the playoffs. You agree if you're 500. Yeah, I like, actually don't. You're right. You're not. Like it's 45. Probably does 45 get you in? Probably not. Mm. You might need to be close to 50 because the Clippers are just solid. Warriors are just in fucking cruise control in the one seed. They're not. They played most season not even that well. I mean, I would say. 50 wins you think to win the to get to the playoffs that's no that's i mean probably 48 i'd yeah. say 48 i mean the guy the lakers right now i mean they have a bunch of injuries but they are terrible 48 feels good i know well that's the other thing is like are they gonna is luke gonna get is mark jack's gonna be taking over this team in three weeks after the all-star break i hope not yeah. kind of feels that way all right i mean lebron should just become the coach for crying out loud it wouldn't shock me, would it? Mav Carter, like if you can go, like if 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 they could hire uh, Paul De Podesta to run the Browns, why can't Mav Carter coach the Lakers? That would not shock me either. LeBron's mom. I mean, honestly, everything. D Wade. D Wade retires before the season's done, comes to coach the Lakers. Mike Mike Miller. Delonte West, probably not. That's probably off the table. Okay. David Blatt, probably no <laughs> chance. Uh, you know, you know what Blatt loves, John? Ease dot com. Sukkot. <laughs> All right, on that note. Uh, oh, you know what? Can we, let me do this real quick because we haven't done this in a while. Go subscribe, rate, review the podcast on iTunes. Real quick, John here. We'll make this two seconds. This is from Donnie V. He asked a question. Uh, if you had a coach for 10 years, this is a game of would you rather. Would you rather have a 10-year coach who's always really good but never wins a championship or a coach who is a roller coaster for 10 years, has some losing years, sometimes you miss the playoffs, but you win one Super Bowl? Which one would you rather have? Ten straight years of like the playoffs, but no Super Bowls, or a roller coaster, missed some some awful years, but you win one Super Bowl? That's a hell of a question. I'd probably go the good years. Really? I, for me, no brainer. Well, what am I? Am I just a fan? I, I'm taking the coach that wins the Super Bowl. Because now you got a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's tough. I, I I'd probably go. I don't like down years. I don't either, and I've actually I've had I had this argument with somebody. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. Tell me how you feel about this, an offshoot of this question, which is I would rather be just like a solid college football team that does not run um, like the Air Force or the Navy offense or Georgia Tech, right? Like I would rather be just okay and and not run the triple option, then run the triple option and win a national championship. Like one, I, just, one, uh, one, I could not watch If that, I'm like well, a I'm fan, right, because I'm a fan of that team for life. Like, I can't watch the triple option, even if it gets me a national championship. I'm a, I'm out. You, you agree with me there? A, okay. Out. 1,000%. All right. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Hit us with some reviews, some questions on iTunes. We'll, we'll get to those every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, get after it. Thanks Godspeed. For the, thanks for the uh, support of the podcast. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.